Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Acceleration Economy's Cloud Wars Minute. And this is one of my favorite episodes of the year when we get to announce the Cloud Wars CEO of the year. And for 2023, that winner is Christian Klein, the CEO of SAP. Lots of reasons to go into this. <clears throat> and in a moment, you're going to see uh, about a, a 27 minute video interview I did with Christian recently where he'll give a lot of background about what happened. So let me just fill in some of the highlights and what went into my thinking of why Christian Klein richly deserves to be the Cloud Wars CEO of the year. They've got now at SAP a $14 billion cloud business growing at about 23%. Their business technology platform itself is a high growth business and hyper growth actually, but it's also tying together a lot of the assets that SAP offers and making life better and uh, more productive for its customers. Rise has been a huge go-to-market success. Klein called it one of the most strategically successful products the company's ever had. He's put together an excellent leadership team, uh, one that seems to work together cohesively very nicely. They are reaching not only their traditional base of large corporations around the world, but also lots of new customers. And a from two example here, I think <clears throat> Klein has really driven the company from its old reputation of being slow and expensive and risky to one now where there's a rapid time to value, lots of different choices for customers to pick their, their journey forward based on their own specific needs rather than SAP dictating to them. And certainly their pricing now is competitive uh, based on the company's growth and uh, the choices customers are making there. S4 HANA Cloud now is growing at about 70%. They've set aside the old, you know, uh, heavy-duty ERP model. And also the company's market cap is near an all-time high. Again, in the upcoming video, uh, my discussion with Christian Klein, he'll get into that in a lot of detail. Just wanted to give you a little upfront idea on why I felt that of a phenomenal field of CEOs that uh, this year Christian was most deserving of the CEO of the year. Enjoy this interview with Christian. Thanks for being with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special edition of Cloud Wars, where we are announcing our CEO of the year for 2023. And in case you can't guess, it is Christian Klein, the CEO of SAP. Christian, good to see you and congratulations on your well-deserved honor. Yeah, good to see you, Bob, and thanks for the award. And uh, that award goes to all of our employees, to all of our customers. We are on, on a great journey. And so this is accomplishment of all of us. Yeah, yeah. Christian, thank you. And, you know, it's interesting, the setting here, your, your office in Washington, D.C., I believe that's the White House over there. Yes. So lots of big things going on these days all around. Absolutely. And I mean, what a beautiful setting here in Washington, D.C. I'm just coming from a few days of vacation with the family in Tenerife. And, but the sun is as great as in Spain, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, truly a, uh, a global adventure for you. So, Christian, I wonder, you know, maybe we'll start off with that, right? You um, took over as sole CEO almost four years ago. And very shortly after that, in spite of the challenges at that time, which we'll talk about in a minute, the uh, cloud transformation really took place. And one of the things that I've watched closely and it's had so much impact on your customers too was I think your full 100%, you know, unconditional commitment. We are going to be a cloud first company. So talk a little bit about how SAP is different today than it was two, three years ago. Yeah, as, as you know, I mean, I'm since now 
24 years with SAP. Yeah. And many people also call me a child of SAP, <laughs> which is for sure and sometimes why. And um, look, I mean, what I learned during my journey at SAP is that we are wanting the world's most mission-critical business processes. Yeah. And no matter if you do this on-prem or in the cloud, the business processes, they need to be integrated. They need to be smart. They need to be intelligent. And I guess for us in the journey to the cloud, it was very important to focus on our DNA, mm -hmm. not just lift and shift technically to the cloud, but what makes a difference for the customers. And when you look out there in the market, I mean, every industry needs to transform. This week in the United States, I'm going to you know, meet automotive companies uh, who actually want to go into mobility as a service, how they can become also more a software engineer driven company. How can they also launch new business models with, uh, with regard to the services they sell? And that all comes back to SAP or when it comes to decarbonization of their supply chain of their company. And so for us, it was very important not just to make a technical move to the cloud, but focus on our DNA, focus on the needs of our customers and transform their business models and business processes. Yeah. Chris, you know, part of that was the RISE program, right? Yes. I'm still sort of amazed that other big cloud vendors have not come up with ideas like that because that it embodies everything you just described. It. This isn't just about the technology. This is about how you as a customer work, what your goals are, what your aspirations are, and what's possible in the future for you. Yes, no, absolutely. And when we launched Rise with SAP, uh, just, um, you know, after I became uh, the CEO, I guess what was for us very strategic is also the acquisition of Signalview. Now with Lean IX, we are further expanding our capabilities because in my time as the chief operating officer and looking at the transformation of SAP, we with our 10-year-old ERP could also not have done this transformation. Pay as you go, consumption-based entitlement, delivering everything as a service was a big change for SAP. So for me, it was important to, again, first on first hand, look at the architecture, look at the process layer, at the data layer, and then combine it with the system, with the ERP, with HR, with procurement. And so for me, this was very strategic to have such an offering who combines the processes, the data, and the system. And now with data, when we talk in a second, I guess, about AI, yeah. the data layer becomes even more important. Yeah. Yeah. So, Christian, you're, uh, and again, it's just my head still spinning 24 years with SAP. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure how old you were when you started, but <laughs> you must have been pretty young. But um, you've been all over parts of the company, but you're definitely uh, a student of operations, of data, of people, of culture. If you look back on these past couple of years, if you had something like a do-over, is there something you would have done sooner or differently? <laughs> of course, when you look back, Bob, there are always things, yeah, what you, when you look back, which you could have done differently, yes. faster, you know, on a, on a different way. But when I look at the journey, as we as we stand right now, I have to say I'm very happy where we are. And look, I mean, partnerships, ecosystem. I mean, during that four years, I really learned a lot about how important the ecosystem is for SAP. I always knew that we have, you know, 30,000 partners on our side. But during that journey, no matter if it's about our development partners, about our hyperscaler partners, about our services partner, about our sales partners, they are a very, very important stakeholder of SAP because the transformation at the customer won't happen without these partners. So embracing them 
you know, with new commercial models, with better tools, with a great marketplace on the platform is of utmost importance. And of course, also with enablement. And this is something what during that journey we further intensified. I mean, if I look back, maybe that I would have intensified from day one on. Mm -hmm. Uh, but again, we are on that and the partners are very happy with us to be with us on that journey. Yeah. And and as you said, hindsight uh, is always uh, even more than 2020. It's, it's it's idealized. So you're rolling these things together. 2023 is a great year. Your company grew in the mid-20s throughout the year. And this notion, I think, I always laugh when people would say, well, you know, these legacy companies, they don't get the cloud. They don't know blah, blah, blah. But you disproved that very clearly in 23. What are your priorities looking ahead to 2024? Of course, uh, we have to talk about um, business AI, which we launched at, at Sapphire, because it will indeed revolutionize how companies will run. Yeah, a year ago, a lot of people talked about the metaverse, and yeah, now it's all about AI. But AI and generative AI has the potential to transform businesses again. Yeah, to give you an example, we just announced also our co-pilot too. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's very important that we, that it will completely change the way how end users work with our software, with natural language. But what is, ha is happening behind the scenes? Behind the scenes is that the fact is that Joule will not only talk CRM or finance or procurement or ESG sustainability. No, we will going to build one foundational data model so, so that you can cross-correlate data, that you can really want smart analytics, that you can solve some of your hardest business challenges. And that is game-changing next to the workflow automation or what we actually also announced last week is about the automated code generation to make every developer an AI developer. Yeah. Christian, and to you, uh, you have regularly met with not just CIOs, but CEOs, boards of directors. What's your sense of how they're looking at generative AI these days? Do they, do they feel an urgency? Mm -hmm. I think of Part of what we see of what you've described here, the time is now. Yeah, I mean, look, they, everyone uh, gets the hype and everyone wants to invest into that technology. But also everyone is still a bit missing is give me proof points. Yeah. Yeah, show me how it will work in my business. And I guess SAP is there in a unique position because sitting right at the nexus you know, of the business and technology. So running 400,000 customers, running 80% of the world's transaction give us the why to embed generative AI, AI right into the yeah. business of our customers. So no matter if it's in HR or in analytics or in the planning, which is a, a big part of our portfolio, we will deliver now unique scenarios in Q4 already to prove that generative AI will be a game changer for any kind of business. A proof point. And Christian, if I remember from... Uh... Oh, I think a long time ago it was in physics, chemistry, but Joule is a unit of work. Mm -hmm. uh, so your your co-pilot represents that notion too about business AI. We're going to get things done here. Yes. I mean, think about, I mean, to this week I'm going to meet a big retailer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And uh, as many retailers, this retailer has one big problem, the CEO and the CFO. Their financials are under pressure because... You know, after COVID, they had, you know, a lot of overcapacity, over inventory. And, and now the demand is even more volatile in this macroeconomic situation out there with China and everything going on around high inflation. Now, too high inventory, of course, puts a lot of pressure on their balance sheet, on their PL. Now, 
what can we do as SAP with generative AI? Not only that, we can use 500 input parameters to better predict the demand, which was also there with traditional AI. No, now with generative AI, we can also simulate how can we, you know, uh, get rid of the over inventory by automatically adjust the procurement, the production planning, the resource scheduling. How can you actually also, you know, subsequently plan all the planning processes around total workforce? So how can you, you know, connect your demand situation? better predictive capabilities on that front, from the front office, but then connect it to all of the planning scenarios you have inside the company. And we act in, in hours to changes in demand inside the company yeah, to get rid of the over into inventory and really steer the company as one. And these are the, the intelligence we can infuse based on the technology, what we have, and based on the planning capabilities yeah. we have as a company. So a huge difference from the old days when this department did something, they'd send a memo or yes. a report to another department yes. and then eventually nine, mm. 12 months later. Yes, but of course, it's also very important that, you know, we as SAP, we do the financial planning. We do demand and supply planning with IBP. We do total workforce planning with success factors and field class. So we have these planning capabilities integrated. Right. We have the data. And now, but now it's about infuse the intelligence, you know, infuse the AI into the demand planning, but then also have generative AI cross-correlate data and say, hey, when the demand pattern is changing like that, how should I actually now plan my total workforce? How do I need to change my production planning? And today, to your point, a lot of people are planning in silos. Yes. We can integrate that. And now with generative AI, these planners get a big support in being way more smarter than in the past. Yeah. Um Chris, I want to ask too about the, you know, the business you're in. Uh, it's pretty competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there's a strong believer, free market, capitalism, competition makes everybody better. Yes. Could you talk a little bit about the, you know, the, the competitive state of the market today? And, you know, how, how much do you uh, think about that versus just saying, no, you know, that other people do what they do. I'm just going to focus on what customers need. Yeah. I mean, Look, um, you also have seen our financials and uh, the, this data doesn't lie. And where SAP is stronger than ever is in the core. Yeah? And the core is our ERP. And ERP is not only finance. ERP is supply chain. ERP is HR. It's procurement. And you also have seen our business technology platform. And why I'm so confident also for the years ahead, also looking at that from a customer perspective and also from a competitive landscape perspective. The point is, when you have to change your business model today, you actually start thinking at thinking from a customer lens. Mm -hmm. What do my customers expect in the future? How can I digitize my business model? So you're looking into quoting, you're looking into new pricing models, you're looking into how can I also better improve the customer experience by better customer service, by much smarter asset management, yeah, which I can also provide to my end customers. And so, and this is what SAP does end to end. Yeah. If you want, if you need to run quote to cash end to end, SAP can do that because the customer experience cannot break in the middle. You should never sell something which you don't have on stock, which you cannot price edit correctly and where you cannot do the revenue realization real time to also have your financials 
in a compliant manner and steer the company in real time. And these end-to-end capabilities, we invested a ton of R&D money in to have the BTP as the integration layer, you know, to really run businesses end-to-end. And that's way superior than going best of breed. But of course, for us, it's also very important to focus on where SAP is good at and where customers really need SAP. And these are exactly these scenarios. Or when you think about total workforce, now every company is also impacted again by AI. So you need new job profiles. Yeah, if you're a media company, I just had a customer there. They now need our total workforce capabilities to think through what kind of skills do I have today and what kind of skills do I need tomorrow as a media company? And our software does that. And so it's for us, it's very important to focus on where SAP is extremely good at. We have an unbelievable strong and broad portfolio. It's integrated. It's very smart with business AI. And so, and this is also what our customers want. Yeah, yeah. And Christian, you know, a little while ago, you talked about the significance of your ecosystem and partnerships. There's been, it seems to me over the last 12, 18 months, a rethinking among, you know, the cloud leaders like SAP of, maybe I can extend these partnerships with companies that I compete with in certain areas, right? Because it's going to lead to a better outcome for customers. Yes. Do you see that happening? Absolutely. I mean, um, when when I look at our own portfolio, uh, um, tomorrow I'm going to also visit Thomas Curie and and, uh, and Google, and we we want we will talk about our uh, big data partnership yeah. about uh, how to how we are putting now together BigQuery. Yeah, with uh, with Hana and to have this unified data layer, which is super important because you have SAP data, but you also have non-SAP data, and Google and SAP can combine that. When you talk about um, when we talk about Microsoft, yeah, we do a lot together, of course, with 365 with Teams. We to also have a collaborative ERP to drive collaboration between the employees, but also between the employees and the customers and the partners of a company. And then last but not least, you know, we also have with AWS, when you think about that, we launched our ARM partnership yeah, to make our cloud even more scalable, lower the TCO to the benefit of our customers. And then when you move one layer up, application partnerships, like with iCertis on contract management, or Ecovatis when it comes to our business network and avoiding human right violations. And their partners are an integral part of our portfolio and they are enhancing the value by a significant amount because no one can develop everything right. uh, on its own. And so these partnerships are ex- extremely crucial for SAP, but I would say for all of the tech players out there. Yeah, and Chris, just one quick input for me on that too. I remember uh, when I first met your company a long time ago, one of the things that SAP said, you know, we, we need to be very careful about what partners we work with because we think only SAP code mm-hmm. is as good as SAP code. Mm-hmm. And to see this transformation of the company now, and Carl Farbach talks about we want to be a partner-led company and, you know, there will be thousands and thousands of yeah. applications written by the ecosystem because these new emerging requirements and you've talked about a lot of those yeah. customers have you can lead the way but you can't necessarily develop every solution yeah i mean uh, you know i didn't even talk um, i just call also we talked about uh, over the weekend around our partnerships with the large si's mm-hmm. and uh, no matter if it's an accenture or deloitte or pwc why they are all now joining 
us in the move to a clean core. Yeah, and what does clean core in the past? Customers invested 30 bucks, you know, of customization versus one dollar of standard software. That's the wrong ratio. That also led to the fact that they are got stuck on, yeah. on, a, on a very old ERP release. Now with WISE, you know, we want to have them always on the latest release. So standardization, but also differentiation on BTP is key. And the differentiation comes with by the, by having these partners building great enhancement additions to the ERP on our platform, yeah. on the BTP. And this is an integral part uh, of this journey. And they are following and they are building great enhancement, like for patient research for healthcare companies on BTP. We have now the first examples of trade promotion management. How can we enhance our portfolio with TPM on the platform developed by uh, our partner. So this is extremely crucial for us. And we are using those partners also to enhance our industry cloud capabilities, which, which as you know, is extremely crucial yes. in our portfolio as well. Yeah. Christian, if, you know, you talked about this week here in the U.S., you'll be seeing automotive companies, retailers uh, here in D.C., perhaps some, you know, federal agencies. Are there particular trends that you say are, are top of mind now for your customers as they think about the next 12 months? And how does SAP engage with them on that? Yeah, I mean, without any doubts, Bob, you can see it out there. The, the IT budgets are a bit under pressure. Yeah, So they need a quick return of invest. and uh, But they also understand, hey, my business model transformation has to continue. So we as SAP need to work with them you know, on further transforming or take sustainability which is for many companies and extremely high on the agenda yeah, because there will be new regulations coming. There will be green taxes coming. So the green ledger measuring carbon is something which is absolutely key in many wise journeys of our customers. Uh, or lately, when you look at costs, of course, intelligent asset management, total workforce optimization, is these are the capabilities which our customers need in the next 12 months. Yeah, to also somehow offset the financial pressure coming from the market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Christian, I want as we we start to wrap up here, I just wanted to ask some slightly personal questions mm -hmm. on this. I know uh, it's you know, I think it'll be about five or six months, and Hasso yeah. is going to wind down his time as yeah. being a formal member of the board there as chairman at SAP. You've had such a a long and close, uh, intriguing relationship with him over time. Wonder if there'd be a couple examples. Can you point out something where he had to teach you a tough lesson? Maybe? <laughs> yeah, Bob, there is uh, there are some. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, maybe I give you two. Uh, okay. Uh, one as the CEO, but one before I actually became the CEO. I will always remember when I walked into uh, the supervisory board meeting and I had to present the financials of the company, and I did that with a good PowerPoint presentation, well prepared. But he said. Don't we have technology for that question? <laughs> Do I really now need to look into slides? Uh, I want to see the numbers real time. And so a challenge accepted. And I uh, this was actually the point when we then invented the digital boardroom yeah. and analytics cloud. And, uh, you know, what came out of that is, uh, is um, you know, a big, a big business for SAP. And we revolutionized also the way how you steer companies, uh, how you combine reporting with planning and predictive and, you know, this has also teach me a lesson uh, to say, how can we always also challenge ourselves with yeah. what can actually, how can we, we use our own technology 
to 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 be better in our job yeah what we are doing and the second one where i'm of course extremely grateful uh, after i became the ceo i said hustle this transformation now needs to happen now and i need to not only change the strategy i also need to change the financial guidance uh, of the company and um, you know as a founder he first of all understood why we needed to do that but also he accepted the consequences yeah. he obviously didn't like it uh, but he accepted it and he backed me up and i'm not sure if every chairman would have backed me up in that situation and now of course three four years later i mean we see the outcome of that and i guess it was actually for sap make or break to do that um, but i'm very thankful uh, that hustle backed me up on this journey yeah because it's you know for every human being it's easy to agree to some things in theory when they start to touch us personally that as well no wait a minute that's different yeah i mean when the share price is going down that much you you need more than a glass of wine in the <laughs> evening and second you you again you need the, the trust and the backing of the whole supervisory board and of course by the chairman and as a founder i feel you look at this company also from an eye and this is what hustle is doing so what do our customers want you know, from SAP and what does the company need you know, on a mid and long-term perspective? Of course, quarterly earnings are important, but what, what is actually most important is that we do the right thing for our customers and that we do the right thing to have SAP where we're successful on the mid and the long term. Yeah. And then, Chris, and if we pop back, uh, it'll be four years early next year. Mm -hmm. So it's really an extraordinary time in your life, personally, professionally. Just love to hear, you know, uh, you take over as CEO, you go into that first quarter earnings call. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID had just hit. COVID had just disrupted the global economy. You're not able to offer guidance. It's your first earnings call. Mm -hmm. And you had some pretty interesting developments mm -hmm. at home as well. So mm -hmm. There was a lot going on there for a 36-year-old to step into this role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, definitely a turbulent day with the birth of my daughter, Emma, and then becoming the CEO. Um, and of course, it was a turbulent time. And, you know, there was COVID. Then we had the exit of Russia. Now, you know, the, the macroeconomic situation is also not easy. Uh, but, you know, what you, what you need to do, from my eyes, is to... When you can stand up in the morning and you can look into the mirror and you say, Christian, the strategy is why we are doing the right thing for our customers. We have the partners on our side and the employees also are really helping us yeah, yeah. to drive that transformation inside the company. Then you can check mark and then you can move on with confidence. And even in these challenging times, and of course, clearly there were challenging times, um, but for me, this is very important to always look at that from a holistic perspective and see, is everyone with you yeah. on this journey? Yeah. Um, and Chris, the final thing, being a relatively young CEO as mm. you are, you've got, whether they're startups or CEOs in any sort of business mm. today, what advice would you give to them? <laughs> yeah. Um, look, um, in as a CEO, first of all, you don't have a lot of time to watch TV, but one series what I watched was Ted Lasso. And what I find, and he said once a quote to say, hey, be curious, not judgmental. And I guess this is very important, uh, even as a CEO, to not walk into a room and believe you all, you already know everything, Yeah, but to also be eager to learn every day, uh, to also challenge your own position. 
and to always see, you know, are we really working against the strategy in the right way? And I guess this is very important. And the second advice I would give is be authentic. Yeah, you, I mean, the best version is to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And in the moment when you try to be someone different, you know, people will feel it. And I guess it's super important as a leader to, you know, stand up on stage and be authentic as you can about your strategy, about why we are doing it. And, and there is for sure no over-communication in times like that because you have to have all the stakeholders on your side. And I guess this is also very important as a CEO that you not only watch on the share price every day, that, that is the final outcome, that you have close eye on your customers, on your people, on your partners, and then, of course, also on the investors. Uh, so it's it's very important to keep this network in, in place and to harvest and to maintain that network. This is super important. So still. if somebody doesn't think, geez, if he's not really being honest about who he is, yes. how can I trust him on the other stuff? Exactly, exactly. And uh, I, I would say that was for me always the most important principle during my time. And then look, we just talked about, you know, my time in, in New York and yeah. uh, your kids now also yeah. being in New York. And I can still remember 23 years back, some people which I met at Morton Street in New York right, at our office. Yeah. And they are still, you know, colleagues. Some of them are even friends and they are helping me still today, you know, from New York. And so even as a CEO, the network is so important uh, to meet people, to having the people on your side. Yeah, because even as a CEO, you cannot run the company alone. You need the people with you. And so network is extremely important. Yeah. Well, Christian, thanks. This has been a, just a terrific conversation and I think a great culmination, uh, you know, some of the perspectives you've shared here for why uh, we're delighted to, to name you as the CEO of the year for 2023. So thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, Paul. It was great. Folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on this special issue of Cloud Wars Live with Christian Klein, CEO of SAP, the CEO of the year for 2023. We'll see you soon.